Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Bruins Beat Podcast on CONS Radio. The CONS Radio is the leading online provider audio video coverage of your favorite Boston sports teams. Uh, follow us, follow CONS on social media, on Twitter at CONS Radio, Facebook www.facebook.com slash CONS fans. And don't forget to download the CONS Radio free mobile podcast app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace or for Android, clnsradio.com slash Android and iOS, clnsradio.com slash iOS free. So obviously you can listen to that, listen to us in many different ways and get as much information as possible from CLNS Radio by following us on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. But this is Bruins Beat and uh, this I'm Mike, joined alongside Jason as always. And as everyone knows, it's a downtime in the NHL right now especially for the Boston Bruins who are in no shape or form doing anything relevant right now, unless you count the world championships as relevant, which I don't. I think the world championships is an absolute joke, to be honest. And the only reason I've been keeping an eye on it is because Austin Matthews and Patrick Lane are playing. And for those of you that follow NHL, vividly know that Austin Matthews and Patrick Lane are probably going to be the first two picks in the draft this year. Austin Matthews and Lane have been scoring quite a bit over there and making impressions on teams. So I'm just checking in on the scores over there to see how those players are doing. I'm not watching. I think the World Championship is a joke. I don't think they don't bring any of the top players over there. And I know Team Canada is good, but if you look at the Team USA, they have bringing college kids. They're bringing kids that aren't drafted yet. The tournament is – I don't get why they even have the tournament at all, to be honest. So I just wanted to kind of crap on the World Championships right there because the World Cup's coming up. They just had the Olympics. Like, no one cares about the World Championships. Like, yeah, I get it. It's cool that people, that players get to wear their country's jerseys that don't normally get to do that. But when you win, is it really even bragging rights? Because you're playing against people that you normally wouldn't be playing against. If they're if you're playing, like, Team USA doesn't have Pavelski. They don't have Kessel. They don't have Parise. Team Canada doesn't have Stamkos. They don't have Crosby. Like, what do you get out of winning in those tournaments? I don't understand. You know, that's a very good point, and I don't understand it either because you're throwing a tournament in there during the NHL playoffs where the playoffs are getting most of the attention and most of the good players are sitting in the playoffs. So what's the point in even having the tournament and how much television coverage is it really getting? So I, I don't get it. 
You know, yeah, you have people, the World, teams, ju- have the world Juniors. It. Like, you have all these hockey tournaments. That actually matter. The, that actually matter. The World Juniors matter because it comes down to the young kids. So what does the world, whatever is going on, whatever you call it nowadays, going on right now, matter? It doesn't. Yeah, they do it, like, every year. I don't understand. And it'll be like, oh, it's like this player's playing for Team USA. This player's playing for Team Sweden. And it's like, cool. Whatever. This is This is just a tournament for the players that don't want to be done playing hockey for the summer. Exactly. And, like, the, I know the Bruins have three players playing, Martian, Pashnik, and Vetrano. But the thing is, Frank Vetrano, who obviously had a great year in the AHL for Providence, scored so many goals. He came up from Boston, did his part. I know Pashnik had an up-and-down year and got injured. So it's good for Pashnik to continue playing to stay in game shape. But is Frank Vetrano really going to make Team USA for a World Cup or for the Olympics? No. And this is my point. So yeah, it's good that he's playing for Team USA and he's and he's obviously continuing his ice time. Would you rather be playing in that tournament or the playoffs? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly my point. If if you and if you bring up the Olympics and someone says we'd rather play in the Stanley Cup or Olympics, and I guarantee you the players would have a little bit more of a pause. You know what I mean? Even though I guarantee you a lot of them would say the Stanley Cup, but they would have a little bit more of a pause than the World Championships or the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everyone's going to take the Stanley Cup playoffs ten times out of ten. No, easily. It's easily a Stanley Cup playoff. So I kind of look at that tournament like a tournament for the players who still want to keep playing. Yeah, sorry to go on a rant there, but I just think the World Championships are so stupid. And that, and that's why I wasn't I, expecting that for a rant. I know, and that, that's why I haven't, <laughs> and that's why I haven't brought it up to you, like in pregame notes or like even the past two shows. I know I we touched on like Marsha and Patrick and Vitrano being named. Because I'm sure you're looking for me to disagree upon something since we've been agreeing lately. I know, but right? I just don't think that that tournament means anything. It's so dumb. No, it's pointless. It's just, like I said, it's a tournament for the players that want to keep like playing. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track of Matthews and Lane more than I am keeping track of the Bruins. Because they're the top parts in the draft. Yeah, I haven't even, I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many points Pashnik has. I have no idea. Not a clue. Because you know why? I don't care. The tournament doesn't mean anything. Get back. No, I haven't, I haven't paid to, haven't, I have no clue what's going the on. The World Cup of Hockey, I'll actually get into because they're actually naming all the best players for the World Cup of Hockey. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one, but not, don't get. Don't bother me with this world championship nonsense. No, it's it's absolutely pointless. Doesn't make any sense to me, but there was a little bit of Bruins news this week, though. I saw, you know, good old buddy Jonas Kampanen, who the Bruins brought over last year, has signed overseas and will not be playing for the Bruins next year. And as a contributor to a Bruins media, I say good riddance to you, Jonas Kampanen. You brought nothing to the table for me. You were... Awful. I, I mean, I, as I'm going to put it as bluntly as possible. He was not very good. I didn't think he did anything, brought anything to the table. I mean, he didn't contribute at all. And it was just a waste of a – I mean, I would say – I mean, a waste because they signed him from overseas, so I guess you could take a gamble. But just didn't just didn't pan out. And if he's going back overseas because obviously he can't play in the NHL, and our teams didn't want him. Yeah, no, you know, I, I don't think combining that big of a deal. He could, he can go overseas. I think the other notable player that's gone overseas is Kokochev, and I think that makes more news than anything. Kokochev is definitely interesting because he was obviously a, a bigger prospect name than Kampainen, and Kokochev obviously being from Russia, he has some skill there. And I know Kokochev came up to the Bruins a few times, and he didn't play, produce as much, but Kokochev was doing pretty well in Providence this year. He was up along around... The team lead in points. Obviously, Vetrano had the most goals, but Kogelchev was up there in points, and he came out and ripped Claude Julian and said that Claude Julian doesn't give him a chance and ruined his career. 
and all this stuff. And maybe I think Kokochev's going a little bit too far. I do think something has to be said about Claude Julian and his coaching style for not giving Kokochev a chance. And even though I agree with, and I'm not saying Kokochev is should have panned out here or Kokochev's going to be a stud, I just think that when Kokochev got called up, he only played a handful of games, sometimes in the fourth or third line. I know he played Krejci a little bit this year, but he played with them for almost like probably three or four games. And that's not much of a sample size there. And I know he didn't stand out, but I can't, I don't agree with him wholeheartedly in saying that Julian's the fact, reason why he didn't get his time. I just think Kokochev has, has to bring it upon himself to earn more ice time when he gets opportunities while they're in Purdue. Like Brad Marchand started out in the fourth line, and now look what Marchand's doing. So there's ways to do it. I just think Kokochev's taking the easy way out and being a little bit of a baby. You know, you bring up a good point, and you made me just think of that just now about Brad Marchand starting out on the fourth line, and that was back in 09 when they were struggling still, correct? Yes. And you look at the way Brad Marchand is now and how he's developed over the last six years, and, you know, the thing about Marchand that's different from Kokochev is that Marchand played with a chip on his shoulder. Exactly, and that's a good point. And I feel like when Kokochev got called up, he just didn't do anything, like, that made him stand out. So, obviously, I understand that Claude Julian sometimes does favor veterans and does not play young kids, but Vetrano got called up, and at least when Vetrano got called up, you would notice him making a little bit of a difference. And even though Vetrano wasn't, you know, scoring goals in the NHL level that he was in the AHL, he still was working hard, taking the body, doing what the coaches asked him to do. But with Kogolchev, it was just like, oh, there's Kogolchev. Let's see if he does anything. And you watch the game, and as the game's going by, you just go, I don't really notice him. No, you never did really notice him, but you know, Kokochev can, can blame me on Julian, but in a way, when you look at it, Marchand started on the fourth line, now he's with Bergeron. We can't say uh, Julian did develop Marchand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely, I think Marchand, but I also think, like you said, Marchand's chip on his shoulder. He wouldn't be denied. He was he was going balls to the wall all the time on the fourth line, scoring goals, and now he's now look what he's doing. He's supposed he to was be a, a chippy, payday. He was a chippy player. I don't remember all the goals scoring when he first started, but I remember the chippiness. I remember him being noticeable. He brought it every game. I remember I remember being at a Predators game back in 09 when I really first started hearing him, when the Bruins were going through that entire injury bug, and his name would stand out. Exactly, and I just think Kogolchev, even though he's probably he, – he, I think he signed in Russia or he's going to – and relatively soon. And that goes to show, though, you're going back to Russia. So clearly that means you don't think you can – you don't think another team would take a gamble on you. So if even if he's blaming – and I get the Russians obviously go back to the KHL more than, like, a Finnish player would go back to Finland. So I understand that. But if you think that Claude Julien was the factor of you not making it to the Bruins and playing a regular shift in the NHL, wouldn't you rather go to another NHL team and try and prove yourself? And and, sh- you would, and and shut up, Claude Julian, and prove everyone wrong? You would think that that's what he would do, but, you know, the complaining, we ripped him back in the start of the season. If you, remember, if you remember when he first made the comments, we ripped him for it. And it shows the difference in the attitude of some of the players compared to what some of these other players like Martian have when they play hard, when they refuse to be denied. Yeah. You see that mental weakness in the Bruins system. I think that he's weak, because mentally weak, because... Like you said, it, I mean, I just don't understand. Like you, like you just said, you 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 think you'd want to prove to someone that you was you belong in the NHL. You don't just run back to the KHL KHL because you're Russian and you don't like Claude Julian. 
and he had his opportunities. Where was he being physical on the ice? If he couldn't score the goals, where was the physicality? Where was that refusal to be denied on the ice? Or and he, he didn't see it. Or even if he's not scoring, like taking the puck hard to the net or battling in the corners or That's what I mean, playing hit. physical. Yeah, there was nothing. Playing physical there was nothing using there. his body. And the, the one thing I would the one thing I would say is like Claude Julian obviously the Bruins management and Claude Julian uh traded Sagan, obviously everyone knows that, because they didn't think that he had the killer instinct or and look at Tyler Sagan now. Yes, the stars were eliminated and he was injured, but look at the way Tyler Sagan plays now. Exactly. He's one of the highest scoring he's players. He's angry. Yeah, and he looks like he's trying to round his game. And he's trying to prove to everyone that he's one of the best players in the NHL. And he could have literally taken that to heart and said, yeah, the Bruins ruined me. They ruined my confidence. And he could have just went to Dallas and, and just been another guy. But he's trying to showcase why he's one of the best players in the NHL. Showcase his talents. And I just don't understand why Kovalchev is taking the easy way out and just pretty much saying, "Okay, Claude Julien ruined my career, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run and, and go back to the KHL and be scared and and not play in the NHL anymore." You're pretty much proving his point about why you shouldn't have been playing for the Bruins, anyways. And it kind of shows that you know there's this thing with these European players that how do I word? They're weenies. Yeah, and I, I would I would tend to agree. I wouldn't say all I wouldn't say all of them, but not but, no not all. But of them. majority there's... of them, it's you you just wonder where their heads at. I mean, you look at Ovechkin, who for the Capitals had the best team in the league, and they're out in the second round. Ovechkin should have a cup or be in the cup by now. How is he not there? How has he been denied this many times? It makes you wonder, but you also do have a lot of good... Um... You have a lot of great players coming out of Europe, too. Yes, but, absolutely. You know, you have names like Ovechkin and Rask that stand out, where for us, it's Rask who we can't stand. Yeah. That came from Europe. Yes, absolutely. But... As you just, I mean, Kovalchev's just, I just don't understand, like, I, I had faith in Kovalchev, I, I was I was pulling from, obviously before he made those comments in the offseason this year, and then now what he's doing now, it's like, I don't know, I just, where's your fire, where's your passion, where's your mentality to prove people wrong? Obviously it's not there, so I think, I don't, I can't blame Claude Julian for this one. As much as I, I have blamed Julian for other things, and I have said I don't want Claude Julian. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to put Julian's name into this one. No, week. not at all, I don't know how you look at that and, and say, and side with Kokochev on this. You can't side with them. There's no possible way. Nope. Also, you know, while we're doing the show, you know, we have a Sharks-Blues game that's going on live at the moment, and the game is tied at one because David Back is and Joe Pavelski scored about 34 seconds apart. Good update there. Obviously, that, that should be a good series, but... We'll get into that later. Just figured I'd throw the update while we were doing the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, the onslaught of big summer blockbusters makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. We've got something you can carry, something for your kitchen and cool to figure out with your monthly tea and pin, featuring two Marvel items plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one, no one crate should have all this power. Loot Crate is the monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go check it out, lootcrate.com slash CLNS, and enter the code CLNS to save $3 on any new subscription. So go check out lootcrate, L-O-O-T, crate.com. Slash CLNS. You'll be able to enter the promo code CLNS and you'll save money on that. 
you have four days to do so on the 19th. And also it's 9 p.m. Pacific time. So obviously the people out here on the East Coast you'll have until midnight by the 19th to sign up for Loot Crate. So if, if you like the game and you're a gamer, you consider yourself a, a gamer geek or one of those people, just go check out Loot Crate. But back to the Bruins, Jason. And I want, I, I forgot to uh, – we forgot to do this a little bit earlier. So I, it made me think about something to do for us as the you know, NHL playoffs is going on. And obviously the downtime, there's not much to really get, uh, get to talk about with the Bruins. Obviously the Bruins announced their – Development camp, the rookie camp for the summer in Wilmington. And fun fact, this will be the last year the Bruins will be in Wilmington because they are building a brand new practice facility in Brighton, which I think is going to be great. I think it's going to be way better for fans instead of to go to Boston, instead of going to Wilmington. I just think it's going to be a great facility, and it's going to be easier for the players to get to. Yeah, aren't the Celtics moving to Brighton too? Correct. Celtics and Bruins are both going right in the Brighton area. No, it's perfect for the two Boston teams. I mean, you got hardcore and nice and bright in Boston in that area. Good choice. Absolutely. But the thing, the exercise I wanted to do, Jason, is we're going to read off the, you know, some Bruins, notable Bruins players that are unrestricted or restricted free agents this year. Obviously, you'll have some players like Christopher Breen, uh, Tommy Cross, Brandon DeFazio, who have been in Providence, and I'm not going to say those names, or Ben Sexton. I mean, those all those are all players that that have been in Providence. They aren't considered highly touted prospects in, in Providence. So I'm not going to go after those players if they get re-signed. Or we'll mention it. But I, I want, I'm going to talk about the players, the big name, some of the big name players, obviously that people know. And the first player I want to talk about and see what you think. Should the Bruins re-sign them? Let them go. If you would re-sign them, how long would you re-sign them for? And for the money. And the, obviously the the biggest the biggest player and the big topic for the Bruins. This offseason is going to be Louis Erickson. And all reports that I have saw is Louis Erickson is still in Boston. He could have went back to Sweden by now, but I, I've heard he's been around the Boston area uh, hanging around. Obviously, Louis Erickson, 30 years old. The Bruins did not trade him at the trade deadline. And good uh, good pal Jimmy Murphy from Dirty Water Media speculated that he heard from a couple of NHL sources that the Bruins and the Blues were pretty close to a deal around Louis Erickson and Kevin Shattenkirk, and obviously the Bruins need defensemen. That's been one of the bigger issues of this team. It did not happen. Obviously, it fell through, and there was also a report that it was going to be Louis Erickson and Dimitri Yaskin as one of the players coming back, and there's a report that said the Blues wanted the Bruins to take on a little bit more, take another player on that had a little bit of a cap hit, and the Bruins didn't want to eat salary in the deal, so obviously it fell through. But Louis Erickson's a big name. He's 30 years old. He'll be 31 next year. He had 63 points. His cap hit this year was $4,250,000. And you and I have been pretty adamant about not re-signing Louis Erickson. So I'm assuming that's the way you're going to go. Would you re-sign Louis Erickson? You say they had a chance at Kevin Shattenkirk this back in the uh, trade deadline? That is what Jimmy Murphy is reporting, correct? <laughs> that's a big Boston's management look even worse. It came out this. Jimmy Murphy had an article about it this week, stating that uh, the Bruins were close to getting Kevin Shattenkirk and Louis Erickson would have been going to. I heard something about the Sharks being interested. The Sharks too. and the Panthers were also two teams involved. How dumb is our management team to not get Shattenkirk? I mean, you it's get an definitely opportunity it's, at that. You take it. I don't think it's I don't for think, Louis Erickson, who's not coming back anyway. I mean, I wouldn't use the word dumb. I would definitely say just disappointing. I mean, the 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 thing I would say is. 
it's tough to find out the details of these deals. So something had to have happened where like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would love Shattenkirk here. I've been talking about Shattenkirk for a while now. I think he'd be a perfect get for the Bruins. Uh, I would have straight up trade Erickson for Shattenkirk. I don't think the Bruins would have done that though. That's the problem. You don't, so you don't think that the the Blues wanted something else, like another player. I think the Blues. It's, we can we can we can speculate that, but it's disappointing if they had if they if they were really close and they couldn't over something minor. Yeah, definitely disappointing. But Louis Erickson, you bringing him back to Boston, or are you just letting him go for the right price? Yeah. At this point, I, who are they gonna replace him with? Yeah, I understand there? what you're saying there, but. He wants like five or six years for like five or six yeah, million no. dollars. It's way too much. I would give him a three-year deal. Yeah, like four, three-year, four million dollar deal. But he doesn't want that. And if he doesn't want that, sorry, Louis. Go. See you later. See ya. See if you can buy money somewhere else. You'll Go be for thirty-one it. years old. Uh, you had sixty-three points. Yes, but I feel like he during. Big Where was he during the big games? Yeah, big games. You don't really notice him. And like, yeah. So I, no, I wouldn't bring him back. Like, not what forty-one. What does Louis Erickson do exceptionally well? So he's a good player, but th- he's not great. He's not a great player. And you give out five and six million dollar contracts to great players that are young and aren't on thirty or years or older. I'm sorry. He- and a lot of those goals that he scored where he was right in front of the net and got loose puck. Yeah. So I mean you get a big man cheaper to do that. Absolutely. So I think the Bruins will lose Erickson. The one thing I'm interested to see is if the Bruins trade his rights. They did this they did this with Carl Solberg last year. They traded his rights to the Avalanche for like a fifth round pick or something like that. So I, I wonder if Louis Erickson will get that same treatment. I don't think so. I'd be shocked if that happened. Why? Because I want I think the Bruins will take it all the way to free agency. I mean we haven't heard anything yet because Soderberg was gone at the snap of a finger last year. And he was yeah, a much smaller type not player. Over, so I don't think you can make trades right now until the season's over. So I think that's the that's the issue. Okay then we'll see. But It'll be interesting to see if Boston really gives him up. Yeah, it will be. Also, the other defense, the defenseman, John Michael Lyles, who the Bruins got in the trade deadline, um, he had 20 points in 81 games this season. 35-year-old, he was brought in as probably a depth defenseman because the Bruins' defense was so bad they had to bring in John Michael Lyles. I won't want him back. I mean, he's 35 years old. He's not making the Bruins' defense any better. There's no reason to bring him back. No, he's gone. That's He was a rental. He was. He was a rental. He's gone. And Tory Krug is a restricted free agent. He's 25 years old. He's got. He just got surgery on his shoulder, and he could be missed in some time as the season starts. He in 81 games, he had four goals, 41 assists, 45 points. Obviously, restricted free agents are a little different because if a team offers them a contract, the Bruins have a few days to be able to match it. But I don't sign Tory Krug for more than kind of what he's making now. Three million four hundred thousand. I mean, I would say maybe four million max for Tory Krug. And I get it, Tory Krug has improved, but I don't think Tory Krug is one of those players you look at and say top four defenseman should be playing twenty minutes a game. I just think Tory Tory Krug's a good complimentary defenseman. Tory Krug's gonna be an interesting one because if a team gets stupid, the Bruins could or could not go for it. I could, see, I will say he'll probably be in Boston next year because of I the think injury, so too. Because of and also, in value. another thing to keep an eye on though, if a team does offer a um, contract to Tory Krug and the Bruins do not match it, I believe the Bruins get back a first round pick and a third round pick. And well, that would be doing the Bruins a favor. Exactly. So say 
So you have you you have to hope that maybe the somebody gets stupid and goes for an offer sheet, and the Bruins just let him go. Yeah, otherwise I, I believe he will be in Boston next year. I don't I don't think anything will come up where you see him on another team. Obviously, strange things can happen, but I believe he'll be back here. No, I, I believe he'll be back here too. But if that's what if that's what the compensation is, you kind of hope he gets an offer sheet because that would be worth it. Uh, the next person I want to bring up is on the list is Chris Kelly. He obviously was injured this year, so he only played in 11 games. He had two goals in the 11 games. He's 35 years old. His cap hit is $3 million. Nope, don't sign him. Nope. I, nope. I want no nope. part of nope. Chris Kelly. No nope. part of Chris Kelly. The Bruins the, the Bruins re-signed him last, his last, when his last contract was up. Have they not learned anything from, have they not learned anything from Charon and Seidenberg? Exactly. He's 35 years old. Please do not resign Chris Kelly. I, I don't care what it takes. I'd rather have the fourth line they had. Nachari, Ferraro, and Vetrano was on the fourth line. They had Spooner center in the third line. I'm sorry. The game's Chara and Seidenberg, after the injuries they had, should be enough of an example to not sign back Chris Kelly on its own. No, I don't I don't want any part of Chris Kelly. Please let him go. Sorry. Have 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 fun somewhere else. I I don't care. I don't care if they say he's a leader in the locker room. He's going to be 30, he's 35 years old, probably going to be 36 this next season. What gets underway? He got he, he just had a significant injury. He's not going to bring anything valuable to the table. I'm sorry. Get please send him away. Send him away. Yeah, no, we're agreed on that one. He can go. And Max Talbot, I don't think we'll be back with the Bruins also. Nope. So I'm not even going to go that far. Uh, the next person I want to talk about is Brett Connolly. Restricted free agent. <laughs> yeah, go away. Yeah, 71 games. <laughs> We're so, not even going to have to just go. You Brett know what, Connolly. You know what's embarrassing, kind of, is in 71 games, he had nine goals. For majority of the year, he was playing with Bergeron and Martian. And Bergeron and Martian both have over 30. And Brett Connolly has nine. Nine! That was one of the worst trades I think the Bruins have made. And now I shouldn't say one of the worst. It's not. It's definitely not. It's definitely one of. Uh, yeah, one of the worst. Not the not oh, the sure, worst. Like... It's one of the worst. Two second round picks for Brett Connolly. This guy is a disaster. You know who traded him? Tampa. And Tampa's in the conference finals. Obviously, Tampa knows what the hell they're doing because they got to get rid of this guy. This guy sucks. Yeah, Tampa's been incredible. We'll get into that later. Oh, don't get me started about Brett Connolly. He just makes me mad. It makes me so Save mad. your energy. Yeah. We've, we've been agreed on this for the entire year. Yeah, and this is where it gets a little interesting. Is uh, Obviously, we've talked about Jonas Kampanen. He signed somewhere else. He was unrestricted. He was 28 years old. He put in 44. He put in 44 games at five points. See you later. We talked about Kokochev. He's I already he's, talked about that when he's yeah, in Russia. Um, Joe Morrow, restricted free agent defenseman, 23 years old. He played a little bit here and there when the Bruins obviously had defensive Issues slash injuries, 33 games. He had one goal, six assists, uh, relatively cheap money, only making 800000 I mean, Joe Morrow, 23 years old. He was part of the Tyler Sagan trade. Do you, you think the Bruins bring him back? It's kind of like a floater between the NHL and the AHL, and you kind of bring him up when he gets... Here's where this discussion gets very interesting, because I want to know which other defensemen are still um, on that list before I make that decision. Okay. We have Joe Morrow. We have obviously you talked about Tory Krug, who's restricted. Joe Michael Lyles, and then I want to talk about the young, the young kids. You know, the Morrows, the Trotmans, all of them. Who else is still on that list? Zach Trotman, Colin Miller. So you got Morrow and Trotman. Is who else is on there? Colin Miller. Okay, so you keep Miller. 
I think Colin Miller is a must keep. You keep Miller, you keep, you know what, if you can get Morrow back for cheap, you keep him, but you let Trotman go. I think between, I don't, I think Morrow or, one of Morrow or Trotman is gone. And I just think it's who the Bruins value, value more. The Bruins need to find something. I mean, with what they have, they're not going to go for it anyway. I mean, we can have those three players that are very similar. Colin Miller's got the most upside. That I can say. I think Colin Miller's most Trotman upside, and Murrow too. have pretty much shown their peak. So, the Bruins need to do something on that defensive core. And it's not, I'm not optimistic about it either way, but you have to hope. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely something to keep an eye on there. From the, the younger defenseman, I think, like you said, Colin Miller's a must-keep. I don't think he has the most upside, as you said. Um, obviously, the Bruins made a big trade for him this season with the with the Kings, where they traded Lucic. I just think he, if they let Colin Miller go, it's what is like, it would just show that the Bruins' management is so incompetent and they have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, and that trade also involved Martin Jones, if you remember correctly. Yes, who I do. Is now, who is now all but gave the Bruins a reason to screw the pooch. Um, so other names I want to bring up quickly too is this is going to be a good one. Kevin Miller, unrestricted free agent. He is twenty eight years old. Kevin Miller, go away, Kevin Miller. And the fact that Please Don Sweeney said he had a good year this year makes me very very nervous. The Bruins need better defensemen. Kevin Miller is twenty eight years old. What does he bring to the table? I'm sorry. What does he bring to the table? He's just a slowest char. That doesn't. That's not bring much to the table. No, Kevin Miller should not be around this team next year. I'm sorry, he's 28. What the hell are you going to sign Kevin Miller for? He, he's not- if, if 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 the Bruins management is intent on keeping this team the same, you're talking about three straight years of not missing the playoffs. Of missing the playoffs, I should say. He's not a top four defenseman. Obviously, he's, he's not. He's shown that this year. You already have a six five or six defenseman pretty much in Adam McQuaid. So bringing back Kevin Miller will hurt this team. And Claude Julian loves him for some reason, so he plays him all the time. But he needs the they can't resign this guy. Please, there's, there's got to be someone out there you can bring in besides Kevin Miller that can do a lot better. No, there has to be. I mean, that's what's making this free agency period this year going to be very interesting. You know, trades are hard to make, but this is a big year, and the Bruins need to really change that defense. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know how either. It's going to be a long. Long uh, off season. We'll have to obviously look and wait and see what happens. A lot of speculation will probably come out, and we'll we'll have it on the show, obviously. But the last two I want to bring up quickly is Seth Griffith and Landon Ferraro. Seth Griffith obviously had a great year in Providence this year. He was lighting it up, and obviously Landon Ferraro came over from a uh, Detroit after the Bruins signed him, and. These are two players that obviously I don't think are going to be top six players. But Ferraro had played a decent fourth-line role. I'm interested to see if the Bruins bring him back for the fourth-line role. And I'm interested to see what they do with Seth Griffith because Seth Griffith obviously put up good numbers down there. I feel like the Bruins need right-wingers. Besides Pashnik, I don't think they really have a solid right wing. So could Griffith maybe step up there and, and bring it? But he's a small guy. And Claude Julien doesn't like playing small, skilled forwards. So I think Seth Griffith's kind of interesting to see what the Bruins do with him. See, if it wasn't for Claude Julien, I would say straightforward. I like Griffith. Um, I know he was injured last year to start the season. Otherwise, he would have been in the lineup from the start. But I would like to see the Bruins give him back 
bring him back for like one more year, see what he can do. If if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I'd give him another chance. I don't see why not. What do they have to lose? Yeah, the Bruins need to get younger, so. Yeah, are they going to play off for the season or are they going to play good? That's how it's going to be. Yeah, I don't. There's no, there's, no, there's no great for the Bruins this season. We're talking about making the playoffs or being awful. Yeah, it's, it's no one uh, between. So the, the, the Bruins, even though there's not the biggest name, obviously, there is, is Louis Erickson, which we pretty much both think is going to be gone. I would say the Bruins don't have any like standout free agents, but a lot of interesting guys, to say the least. No, a lot of interesting guys because it gives them options, but I'm more interested as the season ends to figure out who's going to be the free agents that are going to come from other teams and which options options lead from other teams and where the contracts and the deals are. Or it trades. seems like a much weaker free agent class in most years. You yeah, so it's going to be hard. Big names. They're going to have to get a hockey trade going or something. No, that's what, that's what we've been saying for the last year. The Bruins need to make a hockey trade. They need to trade away some big player and make a move. And there's only one real logical name that comes up, and we talk about this every single week. And you and I both know that name that I'm thinking of. Tuca. Yep, Tuca. But before we get into the, the breakdown of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which has been still unbelievable, um, I want to give a shout-out to the Garden Report, CLNS YouTube. CLNS Radio is, is the best of written, spoken, and watched Boston sports coverage. For the best of turn to CLNS Radio's YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash CLNS Radio. The Garden Report brings you high-definition locker room interviews, full-length locker room, full-length locker room interviews as well. The Garden Report HD post-game show shot on the parquet floor at TD Garden. Please subscribe to that. All the people at Celtics, Celtics guys, they do a phenomenal job with Celtics coverage this year. Obviously, this is my first year working with CLNS Radio, and I've noticed how well they do over there at the Garden Report and, and doing stuff for the Celtics. So go check them out on YouTube. Subscribe to it. Trust me. You'll, you won't be disappointed with the Celtics coverage you get over there. Oh, good. Yes, absolutely follow them. It's going to be it's a good site. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting options for the Celtics. So And they have everything you need covered from from that. So go give that a follow. But uh, So it's in the Cup, getting back to the Stanley Cup playoffs here, Jason. Hey, before we start that, you said earlier that you wanted to talk about that Sharks pick that the yes, Bruins have. Yes, I'm going to bring it up right now because I want to talk about because I wanted to because we had to break down the teams that advanced and obviously there was two game sevens last round. The Sharks obviously played the Predators last series and the Predators forced the game seven and the Sharks won on home ice and, the and Sharks, they didn't just win; they annihilated the Predators. They came they in and stomped the them. Yeah. Game se- both Game 7s are kind of... What does that say about the Sharks right now? Game 7s both were underwhelming in the Western Conference because the Blues played the Stars in Game 7, and the Blues wiped them out too. They both won by five goals. The Blues beat the Stars 6-1. The Sharks beat the Predators 5-0. And the reason why I think the Sharks winning affects the Bruins, obviously, is because the Bruins have the Sharks' number, the, the first-round pick this year. If the Sharks lost to the Predators... The Bruins pick would have been 18 or 17 overall. So the Bruins would have had two middle of the round second picks. But since the Sharks won and they made the conference finals, the best the Bruins can do with that pick right now is pick 27. So the Bruins dropped 10 spots in the draft by the Sharks making the conference finals. It's one of the only sports that does this. Obviously, when you win the championship, you you pick last, which is understandable. But 
to make the conference finals and drop down 10 picks impacts the Bruins so much because if the Bruins had 14 and 18 or 14 and 17, you could have packaged that for a pretty good player. And now they have 27, who I think the Bruins could still look to trade. But getting players down at the end of the first round is a lot harder than getting players in the middle of the first round. So the Sharks winning really, really hurts the Bruins in the first round this year of the playoffs. And that trade, the trade Martin Jones for the first round pick, which was talked about last year as a good deal. Now looks you look at it and say the Bruins still get a first round pick, but now it's the most... That's a botched deal right now. Now it's going to be 27. And you got to sit there and say, Don Sweeney. Would you rather just at this point have Martin Jones? Yeah, with they, the press they must be checking own. themselves for that deal now. It's because 27, you don't think the you – know, when you go into that trade, obviously you don't think the Sharks going to be in the final four. You don't think the, the pick will be 27. It's not like you traded them to like Chicago where you know it's going to be a top – it could have been a bottom of the barrel pick. But that impacts the Bruins so much in the first round. And it really hurt. It really hurt. So I was I was pulling for the Predators, just just for the sole fact to help the Bruins out. But now it doesn't even matter. The picks are be at this point. I'm at this point. I'm rooting for the Sharks. Yeah, it's either going to be picked 27, 27 through thirty. I mean, that that's all. But I mean, that's that's what you mean by the fact that these teams underestimated the talent that the Sharks still had. Yes, they did. Totally, hundred percent agree. And in the Eastern, not just the Bruins, in, but in the Eastern Conference, you you have. The Washington Capitals being eliminated again by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Washington, once again, can knock it out of the second round. And there's been whispers about reports about, is it, is it Alexander Ovechkin's last game in Washington? And Washington, Ovechkin's been there for 11 years, and they haven't been to a conference finals or a Stanley Cup finals. And he's, a, and he's a great talent. Something's going wrong over there. And I'm not blaming Ovechkin. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but something's wrong over there. Something is not right within the Washington Capitals organization for them to not be in the conference finals or Stanley Cup finals in 11 years that Ovechkin's been there. Yeah, you know what? You do have to think about, you know, what it is with these big, talented names, but you still can't get past the second round. So what's the point in keeping these big, talented names when you just want to go for a team of young guys who are unknowns? And his contract's absurd, too. So I don't think... And that's the thing in the NHL. These people get these quote-unquote big contracts. It affects the team as a whole. So is it worth it having these big contract guys, or do you want to build a team from the hole? And I think one of the Washington's problems is they don't have good centers. And you look at Pittsburgh, right, and their, first, their three-line centers were obviously Crosby, Malkin, and Bonino. And you look at Washington, and you go, Backstrom, who obviously is good, and then you, but then you have Kuznetsov, who's like first year in the NHL, and then their third-line centers like Jason Chimera or Mike Richards. It's, you just look at that, and you go, that's – the, the Pittsburgh outmatched them on the center. Yeah, no, Pittsburgh's talented, and you got to keep in the back of our heads like what we've been talking about all year. They changed their coach midseason, and this is, this is where they're at. Yeah, Pittsburgh's hot. Pittsburgh is hot. And obviously, the Lightning. The Lightning are incredible. They are absolutely incredible. They losing the- Bishop that game, uh, losing Strawman, losing Johnson. They are incredible. This team's resilient. They really are, and Bishop obviously Bishop is Bishop went down the first game one in the first but, period. But Bishop Bishop's going down didn't bother me any because Andre Vasilevsky did have experience in the playoffs last year. We can't yeah, forget that. What's interesting though is that he's not ruled out for the series. He got carried off in a stretcher. It looked like it was a terrible injury, and all of a sudden Bishop day to day. 
And it's okay if they play Vasilevsky for a game. That's why they have him. And like I said, you got the playoff experience sitting right there in your backup goaltender. What Seriously. an advantage that is. Really, it really is an advantage. And also, Tyler Johnson got banged up on that game, too. And luckily, he came back. And the Lightning, Lightning take game one in Pittsburgh. They're just a resilient team. I love watching Tampa Bay play. I mean, if I'm playing this game logically, I'd say that I could see Pittsburgh winning in seven. But internally, I'm rooting for Tampa. I like Tampa a lot. I really do like Tampa. Obviously, and also, the big thing for Tampa is Strawman, one of their defensemen, is day-to-day now also. He hasn't played since, I think, March. And Stamkos is skating. And Stamkos is skating. So, if Tampa Bay can get those two players back, holy smokes. And they just won game one in Pittsburgh. Man, they're a tough out. They'll give the West a run. They'll give whoever comes out of that West a run. I mean, it's incredible. And they all, they also and, obviously they and all, we keep on talking about the, these NHL teams and the Bruins not changing their coach, and you have to think that the Bruins have to be regretting that decision already. I don't think they are. I don't think it's just us that regret it for them, to be honest. I don't think that the Bruins are. True. I regret it for them. They're going to regret it for sure. Yeah. I regret it too. And the thing is, um, Tampa Bay, they just they have a lot of young players. They have, Obviously, they have some veterans too. They're, they just They have skill. They have goal scoring. They have grit. They have toughness. They have good goalie. They have good defense. They have good coaching. And it's just you look at Tampa Bay, they're just solid. And now that I think about it, the, if the Bruins were in the playoffs, they wouldn't have beaten Tampa. They would not. I don't think Tampa – I think the Tampa would have beat the Bruins. They would have gotten just crushed. Like they just like they did the Bruins Detroit. would have gotten crushed. But, you know, the biggest thing that we underestimate is the difference between regular season and postseason and the teams that can turn it up a notch. And Tampa's turned it up. The reason that I kept on – the reason that I didn't believe the Bruins could make it is because I've watched these other teams turn up that notch, and the Bruins couldn't keep up. The Bruins would have gotten swept. That's how good Tampa really yeah, is. So, so yeah, Tampa, Tampa's been really impressive. I've been really, really impressed with Tampa Bay. And they're already up one nothing. They, they play game two in Pittsburgh. And if Tampa Bay can win game two, look out. Oh, yeah, no look out for sure when it comes to Tampa Bay. So are you picking Tampa to... Beat Pittsburgh, or are you just... <laughs> That's a coin I'm, flip. I know, I'm going to put I, you on the I, spot there. I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. And I put in, in my um, brackets that I do a weekly one, too. I picked Pittsburgh, and after t- Tampa won game one, I, I already want to switch it. So I, I've liked, I liked Tampa before the series started. I don't know why. Even though Pittsburgh's been hot, I just feel like Tampa Bay's matches up pretty well with Pittsburgh. They're both speed teams. Tampa Bay can keep up with Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like when they Washington's not a quick team. Washington's more of a heavy uh, puck possession team. And I feel but like Pittsburgh plays very physical too. If you watch that first game, they yeah, play very physical, I, and they don't they they don't quit. No, they don't quit. They don't quit at all. But I think the Lightning has just as much speed as as Pittsburgh, and I feel like that's the Lightning. The Lightning as a team have more of the deeper playoff run experience because of last year, and that is where I think. Tampa's advantages. Well, I think Washington was also vulnerable with Tampa, with Pittsburgh's speed. I don't think Tampa is. I think Tampa can match them with speed, and that's why I thought Tampa was a better matchup with Pittsburgh. I think if Tampa played Washington, it would have been a lot di- more difficult because Washington. I think Washington's more physical, but I think I like Tampa. I think Tampa's going to beat Pittsburgh. And in the Washington if Stan Cone, Coast come, if Coast I, comes I, back by the Stanley Cup, and you get that opportunity with Stan Coast, yeah, you can't you watch out. And Strawman, too. How can you go against those, it this sport? Those, those are two, got, two big names. And if Bishop plays, too, even though, like you said, Vasilevsky's a solid backup, 
But if Bishop can go back and play, I think Bishop's been underrated in these playoffs. I think Bishop's been great. Yeah. All these underrated names, Kucherov, Killorn, Johnson, Hedman. Do I need to keep going? Palat. Tampa Bay stacked. Hedman's a stud. Yeah, Tampa Bay stacked. They, they are really fun are stacked. And the Bruins would not have beaten them. And this is why the, you have to say the these Bruins would not have beaten them in the first round. As much as I wanted to... It's gonna be, yeah, the Bruins have a lot of work to do, and it's tough because the division's only gonna get better. We talked about this previous shows. Yeah, he is, like he's he's Mon- only gonna get better. Well, Tampa Bay's gonna get better. Florida's getting better. Montreal's not gonna wasn't get better. Wasn't Bishop in Edmonton at one point? No, Ottawa. If I remember correctly. Ottawa. Ottawa. That's right, Ottawa. But you look at the Bruins. You look at the division, right? You have Detroit to see still be here. A team there to, to be reckoned with. You have Tampa Bay, obviously, who's in the conference finals. Florida, who's in the playoffs again and won the division. And they're only going to get better because they were a young team. You have Montreal, who's not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're going to get Carey Price, Price back. They'll be able to get players to bring into Montreal. Montreal is one of the best sports markets to play. Even though I hate Montreal Canadiens, they, they can bring people in if they want to. Then you have Buffalo, yeah. who has Jack Eichel. And Jack only, Eichel. It's only going to get better. And now you have Tampa, you have Toronto, who just won the draft lottery, and have the best coach in the NHL, one of the best coaches in the NHL, and Babcock. So and you have Ottawa, that's the king at rebuilding. I mean, the this division, like, the, where are the Bruins going to go right now? And even though, like, I, I don't know. And that's the scary part about it. You look at you, you look around. The, the, in, you you look at the early signs of what the Bruins are doing in this offseason, and you kind of ask yourself, how can you be optimistic? I don't even look at the, what the Bruins are doing. I look at what the other teams have on their roster and what the other teams. Look like going forward. Ottawa just changed their coach, so obviously they're going to be rejuvenated, ready to go. Florida got some playoff experience this year, and now they're going to be ready to go next year. Uh, you think you don't think Montreal's licking their chops right now to get back on the ice after having the worst year possible by them? No, they're absolutely licking their chops. Montreal's a team that's going to win this division Buffalo, next year. Buffalo went from having like fifty points to about 75, 80 points this year. They'll be in the playoffs next year. They they're building their team up. And then you have Toronto, like I said. Toronto, even though Toronto... And let's not talk about the rest of the Eastern Conference getting better. And not, to talk, even talking about Toronto quickly, even though they were the one of the worst teams in the NHL this year, remember how many games... When they, they were like, when they were cut loose, what happened? Yeah, they they, they played they played tough. Remember, the, they, they beat the Bruins in overtime. Remember that? And we were like, yeah. you crap. But the, Toronto did that to a lot of teams this year. They never quit. Nope, and that's the team to watch out for. You mean you you can see Toronto being on the rise, and Mike Babcock's Mike Babcock is making a difference. And obviously, you look at the other the other division for wildcard purposes. You have Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, New York Rangers. Obviously, all three of them are good. Philadelphia, the Islanders, Philadelphia, the Islanders. Columbus is going to get better. I can't see Columbus having a bad year as they had this year. The Eastern Conference is like you look at it and you go. Where's where's the where's the Bruins spot on this Eastern Conference? It's it's gonna be tough. That's what you have to ask yourself. Exactly, it, that's why this I think this season this offseason is the biggest offseason in the Bruins in recent Bruins memory. No, it, it has to be the, because something has to be done. You can't keep the same team going into next year. You can't keep and hope that you're gonna stay the same because you're not gonna get better. That something has to give. Something has to give, and I don't know what's gonna happen. Obviously, I wish I could predict it. I wish I could figure out and get into Don Sweeney and Kim Ailey's minds and, and see what their plan is. But obviously, sometimes your your 
your plan doesn't work. Like, obviously, you got to have more than one plan. And near the, just, near the mind, not me. The Eastern Conference looks pretty good. I mean, for me, the only real logical solution is straight into Garask. But that's the only, for me. But for me, that's the only logical reason because of everything else for this team that's out there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, but. Who do we All right, got it's time to put a wrap on finals. today's podcast. Oh, before yeah, before we wrap up, I'm gonna I'm, I want to go to St. Louis. I I like St. Louis the whole season for some reason. I don't know. I like the way they play. I love Tarasenko. I think Tarasenko is great. I love watching Jaden Swartz as well. I I'm gonna go St. Louis. I don't feel confident about St. Louis though. I think the I think that I think that series is going seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna take San Jose in seven. Call me yeah, crazy. I think it's, no, I'm not gonna call it crazy at all. I think this series is a toss up, and I think it's going seven games. Yeah, no, it's definitely going seven, but it's gonna be a heck of a series to watch. Yeah, it really is. So, and hopefully the the, the playoffs has been great to watch so far. Let's hope it keeps and remains remains good because I mean I, I'm still watching even though the Bruins are out. I'm watching off and on. I haven't been as attentive as I usually am when it comes to hockey. Guilty as charged. That's all right. Sometimes when the Bruins are out and your team's out, you just kind of get drained of hockey. That's a good way of looking at it, too. I mean, that in life. <laughs> but it's time to put a wrap on today's podcast. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNSS Radio mobile app, as well as CLNSRadio.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuned in. Help support this show by subscribing to Bruins Beat Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think, and and you'd help grow the show by doing so. Today's show is brought to you by Loot Crate and SeatGeek. Once again, some great deals. And most importantly, you'd help us with this broadcast so we can be so we can come here after every game. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics for a free 30-day trial of auto audiobooks and get the best deals on sports and concert tickets by using the promo code Celtics beat all one word for a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. When you download the SeatGeek mobile app, our two presenting sponsors who along with most importantly, our loyal CLNS radio audience makes these broadcasts possible for media coordinator, Nick Sacento, producer, Matt Rury, CLNS radio program director, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, and for my co-host tonight, Jason Buckley. I'm Michael Sadapani. We'll see everyone right back here for the next episode of the Bruins Beat Podcast. We'll have a lot of stuff to break down next week, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get some NHL news. And don't forget to follow myself and Jason on Twitter at MikeSada22, at JasonBuckley91. And don't forget to go to CLNS Radio for everything you need, all sports being updated there. Constantly, we have a ton of stuff there. Go check out our website. It's great, and we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.